Welcome to the Purple Jaguar. We're going to do a week three recap. Now, this week, I was not good. I'm just going to be honest with everyone and myself. I had the Titans beating the Browns. I had the Vikings beating the Chargers. I had the Jaguars, because I'm a genius, beating the Texans. And... Let's just go over those games because I did get one, and that was the under for the Patriots and Jets game. So let's just talk about those games real quick. So first off, I'm not going to talk about what the Dolphins did to the Broncos. I think that's been covered. I think everyone gets the drift on that. It has been. It was a very weird victory. Maybe we'll talk about that. But let's start with the three games. So the Texans and Jaguars, that was a trap game, if I've ever seen one. We watched two teams that I believe will be in the playoff race and in the mix by the end of the year lose trap games. So we had the Dallas Cowboys losing to the Arizona Cardinals, and then we had the Jacksonville Jaguars losing to the Houston Texans. These games can be overlooked a lot of times by opponents that are teams that seem to have like a clear advantage and I think the Jaguars offense is not being called effectively and efficiently um recently Doug P I guess in the second half of that game Doug Peterson did take over the uh, responsibility of calling the plays so hopefully that makes that look a lot smoother and is more efficient in the coming weeks but offensive coordinators is slowly but surely becoming the most important job in the entire coaching realm of the NFL. Because if your offensive coordinator doesn't seem to have an identity, doesn't know what he wants to call, doesn't have a real scheme and plan that fits the talent that's on his team, that's the teams that seem to be losing games that they should not lose. Whereas on the flip side of that, you have the Dolphins, the Chiefs, that consistently put up points for the most part based on their talent and the scheme around their talent so I do have allergies acting up so sorry about the sniffling but Texans romp the Jaguars it was not close it was never close the game was never in doubt the Texans absolutely controlled from start to finish bad bad on my end the Browns and Titans now I went with the more experienced coach I went with the better coach and I thought the talent was going to be somewhat equal or similar you know, the, the Cleveland Browns have an awesome defense. But I thought that the Titans' offense would be able to kind of mitigate some of what the Browns do based on the fact that Derrick Henry is a man among boys and can run the heck out of the football. Well, I was wrong because it looked like the Tennessee Titans did not show up. Derrick Henry did not get very many yards compared to his touches. It, they had him pretty much bottled up the entire game, the entire afternoon. So... Browns controlled the game start to finish. Another bad beat on my end. So I went, like I said, three. I went three L's, one W. The one W was that I chose the under for the Patriots and Jets game. That's easy. I mean, they never play high-scoring games. It's a defensive battle. The Jets have a talent-wise top-five defense. The Patriots have one of the best defensive schematic gurus of our generation and Bill Belichick, and he feasts on inexperienced quarterbacks. So Zach Wilson was not going to have a chance. Moving forward, try to make better 
better picks for everyone. The Chargers and Vikings. That's the last game I picked, and I picked the Vikings. And I like the Vikings because they were at home, and they were 11-0 and in one-score games last year, and so far they are 0-3 after this weekend. I don't know what team we should worry about more, whether that's the Vikings or the Chargers, but I think the Chargers, in this case, is the team that I'm going to focus on. And the reason I say that is because Justin Herbert just got paid. So he's no longer on his rookie deal. Moving forward, they will have so much money wrapped up in Justin Herbert that they're not going to maintain this amount of talent that they have on both sides of the ball. They're not going to be able to pay for it. J.C. Jackson was a healthy scratch, which is, I guess, head scratching. <laughs> no pun intended. But I don't understand the Chargers team. I just know that they perpetually find a way to underperform based on the talent on that roster. And I thought to myself that they were going to find a way to lose this game against the Vikings. But, inevitably, the Vikings found a way to lose the game themselves. Kirk Cousins throws a pick in the red zone, and that pretty much seals the deal on the game and wraps up the Vikings season. And based on the talent that's in the NFC that's starting to emerge, I really do believe that the Vikings are going to find themselves outside of the playoffs this year, and that's going to be one team. One other team to watch is the Packers. The Packers have this they have this naivety to their team. Like, their quarterback, Jordan Love, doesn't know what he doesn't know and therefore can kind of go out and play freely. I'm going to be honest with you, and this is not a knock on Aaron Rodgers because he is one of the greatest talents that's ever graced the NFL, but he did have this thing about him where if he got down big early or if he threw a couple picks, he seemed to not be able to bounce back mentally in a game like you could write that game off he normally liked to get to a a fast start build the confidence and then ride that confidence to the end of the game this is the first time in a long time we're seeing a Packers team that can be down big at the beginning of a game and then rally to come back now should the Saints have lost that game would they have lost that game if Derek Card wouldn't have went down maybe maybe not I don't know That's a huge injury to Derek Carr. And then Jameis Winston obviously looked like Jameis Winston, and he was not ready to go. But nonetheless, the Packers come away with a win. It's a huge win. It puts them, you know, tied for the lead in their uh, division with the Lions, who also got a big win against the Falcons. So let's get into some more competitive games, or what we thought would be more competitive games, like Lions and Falcons. I thought that was going to be – I was going to put that over – 45 points between the two teams. I thought the Falcons would be able to run the ball at will and the Lions would be able to pass the ball and run their offense, which is one of the best offenses in the league. But the Lions defense might not be nothing to scoff at this year. They seem to be holding teams to a low scoring game. Holding a Fal- they, That means they stopped the Falcons run game with Aguilar or I think that's how you say his name. Their two-back system, B. John Robinson, they weren't able to put up a touchdown this week against the Lions. And the Lions are starting to look like the cream of the crop in the NFC. I would like to put the Lions around like four or five in the NFC. So they're starting to look good. They're starting to gain some traction. Moving forward, Colts beat the Ravens. The Ravens are just riddled with injuries. That seems to happen every year. I don't know what they drink in their water. But they always have a bunch of injuries, and the Colts pull out 
a shocking win against the Ravens. Their kicker, I think he made like 350 plus field goals in that game. But the Colts have they have Shane Steichen is that's a coach. He's looking really good coming from being the offensive coordinator at the Eagles. He's looking really good. He's looking like he was deserving of a head coaching job. On the other hand, we have another offensive coordinator from the Kansas, that used to be on the Kansas City Chiefs, now coaching the offense of the Commanders, and he took a step back this week. The Commanders looked lost. And it doesn't help when your quarterback throws three interceptions, but even then there was no real rhythm to that team and the way they played that game against the Buffalo Bills. And we've said this for months. It's been said for years, the last few seasons. The Buffalo Bills, if they get a lead and it's sizable, they will throw a knockout punch and you will be removed from pretty much contention for the rest of the game. The Bills love to feast on a two-touchdown lead and then kind of pretty much put it out of reach early. And that's what they did. And the Commanders fell back to earth in a NFC East that was looking very strong. Now, outside of the Giants, I still think it's going to be a competitive division. The Commanders are going to retool some things. I don't think that they're going to look that bad moving forward this season. But for that game, that was that was a rough one. Now we come to the Seahawks and the Panthers. Seahawks and the Panthers was a lot more competitive um, for most of the game than I, I thought it was going to be. Andy Dalton played a very solid game. He had, I think, 361 yards passing. Phenomenal for the Panthers. The Panthers are kind of starting to look at their draft pick in Bryce Young. And after three games, he's already had to sit out a game for due to an injury. He's undersized. And the second pick of the draft, C.J. Stroud, is looking like he should have been the first pick. Now, it's too early to tell. I think the intangibles of Bryce Young, and he's always he's going to grow. I mean, if not taller, he's going to get bigger. I mean, that's what happens as you age. He's still young, and so I do believe he's going to put on some weight and things, but right now it's looking like C.J. Stroud was the right pick and the Texans got their quarterback. Panthers, however, they seem like they're, they can be competitive if they have decent quarterback play. Maybe they need to take the training wheels off and let Bryce Young sling the ball a little bit. But the Seahawks still came away with a double-digit victory. Seahawks are a good team. I would put them in the top 5-6 of the NFC. I think that they are going to compete for the division with the 49ers. 49ers are ultimately going to win it, but the Seahawks are a viable team. Chiefs destroyed, destroyed the Bears. Don't need to talk about it. Chiefs look like they are the reigning defending Super Bowl champs. The Bears look like they are a college team that doesn't know what they're doing. Justin Fields looks lost. I think he is going to make that transition to a wide receiver, (laughs) maybe a Taysom Hill kind of hybrid here pretty soon because I don't know what he thinks he's doing at quarterback, but he's not making decisions. He's hesitant. He has very little confidence. And he just doesn't seem like he's that bright. Now, that no one in regular sports media is going to say that. But to me, he just doesn't seem like he's upstairs adequate enough to play the quarterback position. So I think it's time maybe to salvage what you can because he's a phenomenal talent. 
and maybe move him to a different position. Maybe if the brand, the Bears cut him and get it go after another quarterback, another team might move him to a different position or make him a specialty quarterback to come in and run like, you know, Wildcat or different things, kind of like the Saints use Taysom Hill. But for now, he looks like he's regressed, taken some steps back, and it's not looking good for the Bears. Cowboys. Now, I don't like talking about the Cowboys. Cowboys lost. Boo-hoo. That stinks. Uh, Trayvon Diggs is hurt. I don't like, you know, when star players get hurt, you know, even if it's a team I don't like. I don't care to talk that about that too much. But the Steelers, they pull out a win against the Raiders. The uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is who we thought he was. He is interception prone. He's mistake prone. And when he does make these mistakes, they are costly mistakes. They are not small mistakes. They are not, you know, they are like when he turns the ball over, it seems to always sway the rest of the game. Like it's not a small thing, but that's what happened. Steelers took advantage. TJ Watt looks like he's the defensive player of the year so far. He's uh, from, for me, he's taken that from Micah Parsons three games in TJ Watt looks like an absolute beast. And then Monday night football to cover Monday night football. Let's go into it. Let's get, get into it. Eagles and Buccaneers. I thought that game was going to be more competitive. Baker Mayfield had been putting up pretty decent stats. They got good wide receivers. Mike Evan is looking all world right now for a guy that's like not very fast he man that his range to be able to catch the ball is astonishing like he is a solid one receiver i'm very jealous i would love for the chiefs to go out and get a receiver like that mike evans is the man but eagles defense dominated this game absolutely from start to finish the eagles defense dominated this game the offense had some more hiccups they still need to figure out some things i really like their run game with deandre swift leading the charge with that and I like how if if they get it right that could really really help their passing game and you could tell that this game they were really trying to force feed AJ Brown due to the thing that didn't happen that we're not going to talk about last week but AJ Brown got a lot of catches the Eagles roll they look good they look again like Super Bowl contenders and one of the top teams in the NFC the Rams drop a game to the Bengals now this was one of those games where we had to find out. We had to find out who these teams were because as the season started, it was like, hmm, what is going on with the Bengals? Their offense can't get into rhythm. Joe Burrow's not 100%. It's like the Rams looking good with some no-name receivers. And I think this was just like something's got to give kind of game. Now, it looks a lot closer than it is because the score was actually 19 to 16 or to 10 up until like one minute to go and then the Rams got a kind of garbage time touchdown to make it look closer but the Bengals defense looks stellar if they can get that offense figured out and they can start putting together some drives and scoring some touchdowns instead of kicking field goals Bengals are going to look like a formidable team that they were last year and I don't really worry about them early on in the season because the NFC uh, or AFC North is we thought it was going to be really tough, but let's let's put this in perspective. The Steelers have very little offensive rhythm. They have their offensive coordinator is suspect. The Baltimore Ravens continually have injury issues. And so, how much can we count on them moving forward throughout this season? And the Cleveland Browns, their quarterback's Deshaun Watson 
who seems to be more of a liability than a help, and they lost their star running back in Nick Chubb for the season. So I still I feel like the AFC North kind of just split wide open for the Bengals to reclaim their place atop the AFC North in the coming weeks. So look for the Bengals to get back on track. As long as Joe Burrow does not re-injure that calf any worse and doesn't miss time, I feel like the Bengals are going to get it rolling, and their defense is looking scary. So I'm a Chiefs fan. Hopefully the Chiefs can get their offensive line shored up and get Juwan Taylor to stop getting penalties called on him so that we can block these guys because these boys are looking rough. But that's the recap of week three. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Purple Jaguar, and have a blessed day.